Hello, everybody. Welcome to Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad you're with us once again uh, as we sort of have our first Sunday here in the new year. And uh, we, we talked last week as we, as we ended up the year uh, about the importance of sort of taking some time to look at life and think about the, you know, the past year um, and maybe a little longer. And we talked about dealing with the hard stuff in life and, and uh, you know, because those situations happen and we spent quite a bit of time looking at that and um, how God works together for good. And, uh, I wanted to take some time this week uh, as we talk about, uh, you know, moving forward now. And I sort of want to use it in the context of running the race um, we're going to look at some verses about that and, and uh, you know, to remind you that, um, you know, we're called to run with perseverance, this, this, uh, this life in Christ, uh, that it's, uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint, and uh, that that's fairly important. And I want to talk about some of the ideas that go behind, uh, that sort of go into that as we head into the week. And then next week, we're going to start a brand new series, and uh, I'm going to call it Vineyard Verses. And... Uh, so that's Bible verses, but my wife was like, vineyard versus who? <laughs> and I went, no, no, not verses, verses. So I want to clear that up in case that's what you heard. She goes, like, well, like, like the WWF? I said, no, <laughs> verses. So, oh, okay. So anyway, that's what we're going to be talking about, and uh, we'll spend some time on that. I'm looking forward to that uh, as I am this, this message this week. So I want to talk about running the race and what that looks like. It reminded me of a story of a race. Um, you know, and uh, that I was in, and the, and the race started, uh, and uh, immediately I was like the last of the runners, and it was really embarrassing, and the, the guy that was in front of me, was second to last, he was making fun of me, and he was like, hey, buddy, how's it feel to be last? And I, I said, you want to know? And I dropped out of the race. <sighs> now, that didn't happen, but <laughs> I, I kind of like the idea. Uh, but we don't get to drop out now either. Uh, we're, we're called to run this thing. And, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter. We just need to finish well. Um, and and uh, we need to finish the race that God has called us to. And it's not about really racing against anyone, just persevering in the race that we're called to. And so uh, for our scripture reading today is Hebrews 12, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Now, if you were here with us last weekend, I sort of ran through the genealogy real quickly of some of the, um, the, some of the people in, in the family line of Jesus. And I, I talked about how well mentioned, the, how the, the scripture in the New Testament really takes good care of them and talks about how amazing they were. And they were. But in the Old Testament, we sort of had a different look at them. But this verse that I just read in Hebrews uh, 12 is a follow-up of the chapter of uh, the heroes of the faith in Hebrews 11. And so uh, that first therefore that I read refers back to that chapter. Because we have all these, these people that we can look at, uh, this great cloud of witnesses who ran this race with perseverance, not perfectly, but kept pushing on, um, we need to press forward as well 
in the process. And so uh, I want to talk first point then is this, all about running the race. Running the race. We're to run with perseverance the race marked out for us. We're to keep pressing on to live the life we've been created for. And as we say this all the time, it's a full and abundant now and forever life. But, but just like the verse says, there's, there's many hindrances and entanglements, and sometimes it's overwhelming. Life is like that. That's why our perspective is so important and our focus on Jesus is so important. And, and if we're not careful, um, these, these entanglements can cause us to get very discouraged. And discouragement keeps us from really fully engaging in the life that we're called to, the life that Jesus came to give us. And so uh, we have to be sort of very honest with ourselves. I think it's a great time here to be reflecting about all these things, um, about dealing with things that discourage us. Um, and if we, if, the reason we need to do that is if we, if we don't deal with those things that discourage us, we tend to become very insensitive or intimidating or, or negligent because discouragement causes us to be very self-focused and selfish instead of being other-focused and selfless. And we won't encourage others well, which is some, one of the things we're called to, if we're discouraged. And we have this amazing tool, if you will, um, to defeat and overcome discouragement so that we can run the race marked out with us for perseverance. And, and so we're talking about running this race, this amazing tool. I don't know if you know what it is, but I want to tell you what it is. Um, it's Nike's. And you think, yeah, right, it's Nike's. He's making another joke. I'm really not. The word for victory in the Greek is the word Nike. And it means victory or success. It's what they name the shoe after. But it works well with running the race. First John 4, 5, 4 and 5 says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, and that's the word Nikes, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So the victory or the success that overcomes the world, that overcomes discouragement, is all found in Jesus. And, and, and our focus needs to be on him. And, and so as we start a new year, that's the, my encouragement is to, is to get all, us, all of us focused back on Jesus uh, and, and all that we have in Jesus. Because uh, the second thing is this, that Jesus wants to help you. This is amazing good news. Uh, it's, it's beyond often what we can comprehend. Jesus wants to help you. Hebrews chapter 2, 14 through 18 says this, Since the children have flesh and blood... He too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it's not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like his brothers in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. This is an amazing process. Now, we, we spent a lot of time 
you know, on the run-up to Christmas in Advent, talking all about Jesus and being fully God and fully man and all that it means and why he came and how he came and what he did, what it means to us. And one of the things you need to make sure you really get a hold of is in the process that he did all of that because he wants to help you. And, and that the help that he comes to bring us is, is not just the, that he's made a way for us to uh, have a, a access to eternal life and relationship with God, but he wants to help us in our life right now, in this period of time, that our eternal life has already begun in him, and he's here to help. He wants to help. And, and a lot of people get this whole process backwards, and they think that what they need to do in order to have a relationship with God is that they need to get themselves fixed up in their own strength. And you can't do it in your own strength. Now, some people think they need to get themselves fixed up before they even begin a relationship with God. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but I've heard people say, well, I can't go to church um, because that's what they think relationship is all about until I get these things worked out in my life. Well, then, because I'd be a hypocrite. And I always want to look at those people. No, you, you, that's so backwards. You need to, you need to come into the relationship with Christ so he can help you with his power to start making a difference. And you don't need to worry about that stuff because everybody, if we're, you know, is honest, is broken, that's here anyway. And so it's, it's only in him that we can begin to change. So we can't do it in our own strength. And anything that you can do in your own strength almost always leads you to a place of self-righteousness, arrogance, and pride. And none of those things are, have any real value in the kingdom of God. They can't be used in the process. And, and so we have to understand that, that Jesus wants to help us, and that we, we come to him in our brokenness, and he helps us. And, and we, we need to be aware of that in this entire process, that until he comes back for us, he's here to help us, and he wants to help us, and we desperately need his help. I, I, you know, I, I don't think there's a safer place to be than the realization every morning how desperately you need his grace and mercy because you still have a race to run. And we haven't arrived yet at the finish line. None of us have. And so he wants to help us. And it's another amazing thing that I think we often sort of can't grasp is that he actually understands us. That's point number three. He understands us. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Again, I, I think if, if we're not careful, rather than understanding that it's in the times of our greatest need, it's, it's in the times of our brokenness, in the times of our weakness, when we desperately need to be running to the throne. Uh, and and uh, the enemy would love to keep us from there by pouring on guilt and shame. And, and yet we have to understand that Jesus gets us. He understands what it's like to be us because he walked with us. He gets it. Now, he never sinned, but he was tempted. He gets the pressures. He gets the, 
the, the, the, the mess. He, he gets what it feels like to be us. He gets, you know, all the, the things that, that accumulate over our lives and the things that happen and, and people that, that should have um, been one way or and were another way and people that we trusted, you know, violated that trust and, and we have all these issues and we've, we've learned all sorts of ways to kind of deal with that and, and uh, that, that weren't healthy and weren't appropriate and, 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 and now he wants to get us into a place where we begin to understand that he wants to help us and, and, and that he, he understands us. He, he, this is the heart of Jesus for you. And too often, we, we often, especially after we've walked this thing for a while, we've run this waste for a while, we, we can let that begin to think. We think, you know, I should be able to do this in my own strength by now. I should be, I should be better than this. I should be further along than this. This shouldn't be what's happening. And it, it sort of denies the entire process of what we desperately need. We need more and more of him. That, in effect, I believe, the longer you run this race, the, the greater your realization should be of how desperately you need the grace and mercy of God every day of your life. And that there's, there's so much more for the Spirit to do. And we need to continually yield to this process. And we can do that because he understands us. And that he wants to help us. He's, he's gone to great lengths in order to, to be a part of our life. He, he lived this life. He, he knows what it's like. He experienced temptation. Never gave into it. He gets us and he loves us. And, and rather than point a finger at us and tell us how bad we are and how we need to get it together, he pours out grace and mercy in our time of need. I hope you connect that. With, with reality, with, with who he is, with the love that he has for you. He's, he's not finger-pointing, disappointed in you. He's, come to me, I love you, I get it, and I'll help you in this journey. Everything I've done is for you, that you might have life now and forever. And, and I, I always want you to know and remember that. And, and that this is significant, point four. That he takes joy in you. I, I don't, we just never can forget this. Uh, he, he, he wants to help us. He understands us. And he takes great joy in you. And, and this, is, this is just in you. It's not about how good you've been or how good you haven't been or how, how you've been following the rules or how you haven't been following the rules. For, it's none of that. He just takes joy in you. Hebrews 12, 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, what was the joy set before him? What motivated him to endure the pain and the shame of the cross? Uh, see, he was... He was already there, right? We, we know from the Philippians verses that, that he was there in the midst of it. He was in the throne room. He was, it, everything was, was there, and, and he had all those things, but he left because something was missing. And the only thing that was missing was you. So he left it all and took on flesh and came willingly and did everything that he did, the life that he led and the, the willingness to go to the cross. Um, the, the reason he came, lived among us, went to the cross, his mission that he would end up with something more than he had when he came. And that's you. You're the joy set before him. You, you're the reason he endured the cross. You are the reason he went through it all. You're the reason he took the beating. You're the reason that he took the ridicule. You're the reason that he allowed it to happen. He did it for you because you are his joy. 
And, and he takes and continues to take great joy in you. And as we realize that, see, then, then what happens is that our focus needs to be on him. And, and the more that you focus on him, the more that you realize that your life is in him. And that, that he wants you to have, he wants you to have a full and abundant life. And, and sometimes we allow, I believe, the enemy to steal it from us. Because he chips away at it. Because that's the one thing the enemy wants to take away from you. He's, he's lost you to Jesus. He gets that. But he doesn't want you to experience the life that you can have now. And so he's constantly after you with the, with the shame and the guilt and the pressure and the, and the you know, twist it around and follow the rules. And, get, and, and we, we miss out on this amazing life that Jesus has come to give us. You know, it's, not, it's not free from the stuff that we have to deal with in the world. But there's a place in us that can experience a life that, that his children are called to experience. And, and as we begin to touch on that, that's really what impacts the world around us. As, as we begin to sort of understand how amazing this is, grace and mercy and, and forgiveness, uh, and that, you know, that none of those things are a license to go and do whatever we want to do, but as it really sinks in on what he's done for us, our heart's desire is just to keep moving towards him, to run this race with perseverance that he's called us to, to keep pressing in, to find the life that he has for us. And, and so, you know, understand that, that you know, he, he wants to help you. He understands you. And that you're the source of his joy. He takes great joy in you. He did it all because of the joy he has for you. And with that in mind, as we start off in a new year, you know, let's, let's just break out the Nikes and run the race we're called to and run the race marked out for you and run it well and run it with perseverance. And remember, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And just keep picking yourself up and keep on running towards him and, and the life that he has for you. Because that's what he wants for us, and that's what he wants for you. It's my heart for you to connect with that as we move into a new year. This amazing life that he's called us to. So focus your eyes on Jesus and experience the life that he has for you. And that's my heart for you in this new year. And that's where we're going to end it today. And uh, if you are watching on the video and you need prayer, please go to the website. We'll be happy to pray for you there. But uh, we, uh, we're going to say goodbye at this time to you.